It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this April 14th as we look to recap UFC on ABC, Vittori versus Holland, which took place back on Saturday, April 10th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it's good to be back with you guys uh, doing a show here. Uh, nice little doubleheader here on this Wednesday because we're also going to crank out the preview for uh, UFC Fight Night Whitaker versus Gastelum. Uh, right after this one so that there's plenty of time to uh, digest that one because we've been cutting it very short. In fact, we cut it show, so short last Saturday that my internet wasn't working, so we didn't do the preview show for Vittori versus Holland, which uh, kind of fucking majorly pissed me off because we never miss a show. But, you know, we missed, uh, we, we missed a show, but we're doing the recap. So I guess there's never been a UFC event that we haven't covered in some form or fashion, uh, you know, obviously uh, during North Star Sports uh, existence uh, but yeah missed missed the preview show so my apologies pretty uh, pissed off about that because we started doing this in May in May of last year doing a, a regular weekly preview and recap show so we almost had a year-long streak where we had it going but you know we're gonna do the recap here so uh, the event streak is still alive, but the you know preview and recap streak is dead in the water. So that's a little unfortunate. Uh, and it was a it was a gross start time as well. I don't want my the event starts at like eleven in the morning, and then the main card started at like two. Like that's just disgusting. What kind of fucking big brained genius came up with that? I don't. I mean, there's a reason why we put stuff on on Saturday night. You know, Sunday afternoon, people are home. Saturday afternoon, ah, people are doing shit. People are doing shit. So, you know, just a, a very uh, poor, very, very poor planning from the UFC uh, with uh, starting a card at 11. Don't know why that's the case, but whatever. Um, yeah, let's see. A lot of housekeeping to get to, uh, as usual. Um, we had the main card showdown, uh, which, I mean, it was going to happen. I mean, it, it'll always happen, but, you know, we had a lot of people get their picks into us very, very late. You know, I'll admit, I was not, uh, I was not thinking about the main card showdown until Saturday morning. So, uh, you know, whatever. We had Reagan miss out, and, you know, uh, Jordan might be dead for all I know. So, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know. Another win for the mailman. Another win over Francis. Uh, we had Drew getting a win over Captain. He was putting a hurting on Captain real early. And uh, Captain closed the gap a little bit. Not really, though. Drew still won by six points. But, uh, uh, you know, a good a good performance by him. Uh, we had Jerry getting a, a win over Quincy the Dab Man. And that was actually a really interesting one, too, because they were just trading back 10-8s and 10-7s. Uh, so Quincy had the lead in, in the fourth round. Jerry had the lead in the third round. Um, so I don't know that you know if if we did fight of the night, that would be fight of the night. That was a very very good one. And we also had the debut of Baby Gramps 
Baby Gramps beat Grandpu. Not not a surprise. Beat him 47-45. Grandpu falls to two and eight. He's just not really good at picking fights, but you know, what, what can you expect from a squirrel? Although Baby Gramps is a squirrel as well. So I don't know. We're gonna have a lot more squirrels making picks because we have a bunch of new squirrels uh, in the backyard and uh, they're all young so I don't know maybe they're better with technology maybe they understand betting odds and stuff like that uh, so maybe they're a little better although Jerry I don't think Jerry's young and he's four four and one so whatever he's average he's average but grandpa's fucking terrible he's real bad at picking fights <clears throat> so you know we'll see uh I'm still thinking, I'm still thinking Peyton gets a title shot, but Peyton never gets his fucking, his picks in. I mean, he's supposed to have had a title shot for like two or three weeks. You know, if he doesn't get the title shot, it probably just goes to Drew. So, which I probably shouldn't say on air because, you know, Drew is the one who facilitates uh, Peyton's picks. So he could always just, you know, not have Peyton get his picks in. But, you know, I don't know. Seems like a trustworthy guy, I guess. I'm sure he'll do the right thing, but... Uh, you know, Peyton's really the only one outside of, you know, the GOAT, the mailman, who actually has a good record. I mean, he's 8-5, and 8-5. and five. How many knockouts does... I, I swear he has like five or six knockouts, which is insane. Uh, five KOs, which that's really fucking hard to do. Like, that's... It's really hard to get KOs. And he's... He's just... I don't want to say he's randomly making picks, but he basically is. So, I don't know, maybe he falls... I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that I've derailed a hype train, you know, once they work their way up to the top. Um, but I don't know, man. He's really fucking good at making picks. So it's it's going to be Peyton or it's going to be Drew. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but it is significant because if I win next week, I, I break my own record, of course, because I own every single record. Um, but I break my record for the longest title defense streak. So right now I'm sitting at four. I've already done that one time previous, so if I get to five, you know, I'm just, it's, I'm like Mighty Mouse with my title defense streak. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know, man. We might have to find some new competition because, you know, it's just a bunch of cans. You know what I mean? I'm just beating up, beating up a bunch of cans at this point. I think I looked at my record. I think I'm 13 and one in my last 14, which is really really fucking crazy and I'm, I'm never gonna spill my secrets on how I keep my record so good but there's there's a def, definite <coughs> excuse me I'm sure that that sounded not very uh, ASMR uh, coughing right into the mic but um, there's a definite strategy to doing well in this game and luckily nobody fucking seems to figure it out so that's whatever we'll uh, and you know what? Actually, that might be the start of the April Grand Prix, now that I think about it, because we're right at the end of the month here. So what is it? That might be one more week until the Grand Prix, but that's coming up quickly as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a fun time around here. Um, you know, I've been thinking about more ideas for the main card showdown. And... Um, I don't know. We might be implementing some new stuff here, because the more and more I think about it... Like, we're never going to stop doing the main card showdown, so this might last, you know, fucking 20 years. So, I don't know. I was thinking about, because we're coming up on the one-year anniversary in, well, in like fucking three months. But, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking thinking about doing seasons. So, like, season one would be the first year, and then at the start of season two, you know, the the records reset. Because I was just thinking, and maybe, I'm just spitballing here, nothing definitive. 
but you know, like we're going to be in like 2026 or something and I'm going to have a record of like 243 and fucking 34 and 12 or something like the records are going to get out of hand. So I don't know. I was thinking about maybe doing seasons and then whoever has, I don't know, man, whoever has the best record in that season is the season winner. Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about uh, new ways to spice up, you know, the everybody's favorite classic game, the main card showdown. So I don't know. I was thinking about seasons. I was think about thinking about maybe doing something similar. I don't. You know, I hesitate to even say it because I don't want to draw a connection. But I was thinking about maybe doing something like the Ultimate Fighter, and somehow like whatever. I don't want to get in trouble. But you know, making something sort of similar to that. Maybe 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 close enough to where it's similar, but it's distinct enough to where I can't get in trouble for making shit like that. And obviously, would come up with a different name. But you know. I don't know. Thinking about some cool stuff. By the way, I've been binging uh, basically every season of The Ultimate Fighter. Fucking amazing. I don't like. There's not a bad season. There's not a bad season of The Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know what I mean? I used to think like you know because the the last season was in 2018. I never really I never really watched them. Like I'd seen a couple of seasons here and there, like the classic ones. And um, I don't know. I've just been running through them man, they're all pretty fucking good. You know, some of the seasons produce nobodies. Like, that's really the big uh, differentiator is, you know, some of these newer season d- seasons don't produce um, really anybody of note. But the seasons themselves are actually really, really enjoyable. So, I don't know. I'm super fucking pumped for when the Ultimate Fighter comes back because I think, uh, I don't know, maybe the viewership could be down. In fact, I'd venture to guess that the viewership just got fucking destroyed the last handful of seasons but I fucking love the ultimate fighter I've not come across a bad season and I haven't seen all of them but I'm I just finished up heavy hitters which was the last season of the ultimate fighter back in 2018 or whatever where it was heavyweights and they produced nobody and women's featherweights which obviously produced nobody um because they don't even well I guess technically they still have the division but they're not gonna have that division for much longer um that was, a, that was a very, very fun season. I liked it. Uh, Maurice Green is a fucking psycho. But I liked that season. Undefeated was good with uh, DC and Cormier. I just, you know, because of the Whitaker Gastelum that on ESPN+, Plus, they put up the uh, the season of the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, no, shit, that was heavy hitters. Never mind. Um, but, uh, you know, that one, uh, the, the, the season that uh, McGregor and Faber did, is a really, really good one. I loved the, the ATT and Black Zillions season. I thought that was really, really fucking good. And then, obviously, you got the classics. I went back and rewatched the um, season 10 with heavyweights, with uh, uh, Brain Dumb Schlob and uh, Kimbo Slice and uh, Matt Mitrione. That was a fucking good season. They're all good seasons. Like, they all have something that gets you. Like, you, you know... The coaches fucking hate each other, or there's some sort of beef with uh, the, the fighters. Uh, it, it's just about whether or not they do anything in the UFC. And again, I don't think anybody's ever going to do anything from the Ultimate Fighter ever again, because it's it's really fucking hard. It's really hard. Like, it's so much easier just to, and I've said this for years at this point. Excuse me. But it's so much easier to go on the Contender Series and just fight one night and get a contract as opposed to taking three months of your life and living in a house and fighting 
fucking four times, you know, in, in a in a rapid succession. Like that's not that's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, you, you could get people to do it because it is the UFC, but you're never gonna get. You're probably not gonna get. I should, I should never say never, but um, you're, you're probably not gonna get those highest level guys to come on the show and and devote three months of their life for a one in 16 chance at a contract when you could basically basically if you go on the contender series it's a coin flip uh whether or not you get a contract if you win so you you, you know you're talking about some super low fucking percentage versus you know well it, and if you get a finish you, you basically get a contract if you finish somebody i mean obviously there's been times where they they haven't done that but i'm sure the the percentages are something like 80 percent if you finish somebody you get a contract i mean they're they're always looking for people, but uh, yeah, that's. Do I have any more housekeeping? That was a lot of housekeeping, a lot of tangents uh, on that one. Uh, some updates updates to the main card showdown rankings. I'm not going to get into them, but you can check them out. Uh, obviously, we update those uh, every week, and um, I don't know. It's really hard because some people are active, some people are not. I guess it's you know pretty accurate to the UFC rankings. I mean, you know, there's a lot of variables and uh, and stuff like that. So. I don't know. I think I have the rankings correct, but, you know, you never know. You never know. Uh, all right, so with that, let's get right into this uh, recap here of UFC Fight Night Vittori versus Holland. And obviously, we'll start here in the main event where Marvin Vittori wins via unanimous decision over Kevin Holland. Uh, just a dominant, dominant performance. Um, basically, it was basically the same thing that Brunson did to Holland, except Vittori was never hurt. Uh, you know, Brunson, I think he might have got tagged in the second or third rounds uh, of that fight. This was just a real clear-cut, clean performance from Marvin Vittori. And uh, I don't know, again, it, it really feels like the Brunson versus Holland fight because, and maybe it's because Kevin Holland is, you know, a star, uh, you know, and people tend to gravitate towards him because he says funny stuff. But it's, it's weird because I feel like more people are talking about the B side. More people are talking about the losing side of this main event than the, the winning fight of the main event. And obviously I'm guilty of that because I just fucking let off the, the recap of this one with Kevin Holland. So, you know, I'd like to I'd like to start off with the, the winner of this one, Marvin Vittori. And, um, you know, stellar performance. So we moved him up in the rankings from four to three. Uh, and then we moved Kevin Holland down two spots from 13 to 15. But... I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not going to say he's going to get a title shot off of beating the number fucking 12 guy or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think this, I think him beating Holland does a lot more than if he were to fight Darren Till. Um, even though Darren Till is the, the higher ranked opponent uh, over Kevin Holland. But, you know, Darren, Darren Till is on a pretty bad losing streak. Actually, is he on a bad losing streak? Okay, well, real ones know. Uh, what is it? He had the win over uh, fucking what's his name. But real ones know Darren Till hasn't won a fight since 2017. He lost to fucking uh, Wonderboy Thompson. Complete robbery. Lost to Wonderboy. Got uh, knocked out and choked out by Woodley. Uh, got knocked out by Mosfidal. Won a split decision over Gastelum, which he really lost. And then who the fuck did he... So either way, Darren Till has, hasn't won a professional MMA fight since 2017, and that's just a fucking fact. And if you don't like it, then whatever. You just don't like reality. Um, 
but you know sometimes you got you got to beat those bigger those bigger names like I, I don't know beating Darren Till like he, he's a tough fighter oh and then he lost to Whitaker obviously okay so five in a row he's lost five in a row um but you know so you're beating a guy who hasn't won in five years you know beating Kevin Holland uh you know it's gonna draw more attention to Marvin Vittori I wouldn't say Marvin Vittori is a star uh I think he's a very underrated fighter in the division who's getting more respect, but I don't think anybody's clamoring for, oh, I can't wait to see Marvin Vittori's next fight. And that's not because it's not interesting or he's not a good fighter, but it's just, you know, a lot of people might not know who Marvin Vittori is uh, like they would a Whitaker or a Costa or, or um, you know, even a Kelvin Gastelum. So, you know, I, I think this actually was uh, a good thing for, for uh, Vittori. He's still going to have to get one more win. Um, you know, I'd like to see him fight Cannoneer. I think that would make a lot of sense. Paulo Costa, the fight fell out with Whitaker. Maybe we do Vittori and Costa. I mean, maybe that's the number one contender fight. And, you know, whatever. If Whitaker falls out, so for me, it's a foregone conclusion. And I don't want to get too much into previewing this fight because I'm, I'm going to do that in, you know, the next show in a fucking hour from now. But Whitaker's going to beat Gastelum, no fucking problem. So Whitaker's going to get the rematch without Asanya. So either Vittori waits it out and he might be waiting for a little bit so either he waits it out and and just tries to get a title shot or he tries to get one more over a top five guy you know the maybe he fights Brunson I mean the 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 timelines would match up perfectly with that and uh, the winner of that one maybe they get a title shot so I think he's really really close but uh, I think he's gonna have to either wait or or win one more fight but you know he's sitting pretty uh, I think he is a problem in the division he's he's one of the most well-rounded, one of the more well-rounded fighters in that division. Uh, good striking, just a fucking maniac. Uh, a lot of muscle on him. And, uh, you know, a good wrestler. Obviously, we saw that in this Holland fight. But uh, that's not saying much much because, you know, Kevin Holland uh, can't stop a takedown to save his life. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty high on Vittori. And I think the, thi- I think the thing that works for, uh, that works in favor of uh, Vittori is the split decision lost to Adesanya. I think that's a storyline that you could easily sell. So maybe if Whitaker gets hurt, um, or, you know, is is difficult with negotiations or whatever, you know, there's there's a, a definite storyline that you could sell with Adesanya and Vittori. And that was a close fight. And I, I do think that Adesanya won that fight two rounds to one. But Vittori definitely won, I want to say, the second round of that fight. So, you know... The, the, the win streak is uh, is impressive, uh, especially the last couple of uh, of opponents. But, uh, you know, he, he might have to bolster it uh, a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's only fucking 27, which is, is crazy to think because he's been in the UFC since uh, 2016. So, I don't know, he's kind of grown up uh, in, in the UFC. And then for Kevin Holland... I don't know, man. You just got to learn how to stop a takedown. I mean, it's it's all cool to strike and stuff like that, but nobody likes people who uh, who talk a big game and don't deliver. Um, that's that's the number one way to lose fans. And at least he wasn't talking while he was getting his ass beat, like uh, in the Brunson fight. But I don't know why he took this fight. This this fight didn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm trying not to be Captain Hindsight here, but you're not really gonna learn a whole lot in two weeks. And clearly he did not. Clearly he didn't learn a fucking thing in two weeks so uh you know he's known for being an active fighter and taking late notice fights 
I'm not going to fucking kick him when he's down because I think he's still very, very talented and very young, and you can't teach the striking that he has. So, you know, if you can just fucking learn how to stop a takedown and learn how to get up off of his back and not just have, you know, the most inactive guard of all time, um, I, I still I think he's a problem. And this is, this is a thing, you know, I picked Vittori to win this fight, but part of me wanted to pick Holland because... You know, it's at this exact moment when you count him out where he's just going to do something crazy. Uh, obviously, it didn't go that way, and I was correct in picking Vittori, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be so down on, on Holland. Like, you know, he's going to come back in his next fight against probably an unranked opponent, and he's going to do something fucking spectacular. You know, he's going to knock him out in a weird way we've never seen before like he did against Jacare. Like, that's the thing. Like... I'm not down on Kevin Holland. I just want to see more consistency, and I want to see him better on the ground. Like, I have no doubt that if Kevin Holland stayed exactly the same as he is right now and he just fought his next, you know, five, six, seven years in the UFC, he's going to win two, he's going to lose one, and, and, and you know, one of those two wins is going to be in fucking spectacular fashion. Like, he, he, he's, he's still going to do fucking crazy shit, and you don't want to change that too much, but... There's a lot to work on for Kevin Holland. I would like to see him just take some time off. I don't want to see Kevin Holland back anytime soon. I have no desire to see Kevin Holland fight. Um, you know, I, I like the idea that somebody floated out uh, on Twitter. Send him over to Dagestan. Just send him to Dagestan. Send him to AKA. Send him to train with, with DC. I mean, just send him. You don't have to work on your striking. Like, his striking is already probably top two or top three. Uh, in in you know the middleweight division, that's not something that has to be worked on. It's it's just the ground game, man. And I just don't want to see him step in there again, you know, uh, until he actually improves. I, I think that's the biggest thing for me. All right, we're gonna move on here to the co-main event. Uh, we had Arnold Allen defeating Sadiq Youssef via unanimous decision, and. Uh, yeah, that, that was a good fight. Obviously, uh, Arnold Allen had the, the bigger moments, uh, was getting the better of uh, Sadiq Youssef in the, in the striking. Uh, hurt him a, a couple of times around he was hurting him. So, you, you know, you got to praise the toughness of uh, Sadiq Youssef. But Arnold Allen, um, you know, that was that was his, probably his best performance to date against uh, the most relevant fighter he's, he's fought. Uh, and... Um, you know, that, that's impressive, and that, that says a lot to me, because the thing with Arnold Allen, um, you know, very, very good winning streak in the UFC. He's now, uh, what is he, 7-0, 8-0 in the UFC. It's just we've, we've never seen him do it against a good opponent, you know, and he's had, it, through no fault of his own, he's had a lot of fights fall out where th that would have been his breakout performance, you know, so... He comes in, he beats Alan Omer, never heard of him. Beat Yautzen Meitza, never heard of him. Beat Makwan Amirkani, that's a good win. Mads Brunel, Jordan Rinaldi, nobody's ever heard of these guys, but he's getting wins in the UFC. Um, you know, and he had a couple of fights fall out against uh, Mursad Bektic, that would have been a name that people would have known uh, back in 2016. Uh, a fight fall out with Gilbert Melendez, a fight fall out with Rick Glenn, that's a very tough fight that, you know, uh, maybe more people would know as opposed to a Mads Burnell, but, you know, it's not like Rick Glenn is a household uh, name. Uh, and then he beats Melendez, 
which kind of puts him on the map. Although obviously that's Melendez at the very, very end of his career. So I don't, I don't go, holy shit, you beat the former Strike Force champion. I go, holy shit, you beat a fucking 57 year old man. Um, beat Nick Lentz. But again, it's it's just wow, you're racking up these wins, but. Can, can you do it against somebody who's who's up there? And again, he had some fights fall out against Jeremy Stevens uh, and Josh Emmett. Uh, but, you know, this was the one where he's doing it against another very relevant opponent in a deep division. And, uh, you know, I kind I like the matchmaking, and I don't think you could be too picky with these two fighters because they've had a lot of fights fall out. And nobody really wants to fight these guys either. Nobody wants to fucking fight Arnold Allen because you're not going to get anything from it, you know. If you're Josh Emmett and you beat Arnold Allen, you're going to stay exactly at the same spot in the rankings. The only thing you're going to get is a paycheck. Nobody's going to praise you for beating Arnold Allen. You have nothing to gain and everything to lose. So, you know, putting these two young prospects up against each other was really the only way to get it done. And, you know, now now you can see that he's, he's, very, he's very, very legit. And now uh, I think Josh Emmett is still recovering from that torn ACL or whatever. Um, so he's probably off the books. Dan Ige's off the books because he's got a fight with Korean Zombie. Uh, Calvin Cater still is dealing with concussion-like symptoms as as uh, recently as I I know. I haven't been following that on a fucking daily basis, but the last thing I saw, you know, Calvin Cater is still fucked up from the Holloway fight. So Arnold Allen's probably going to be waiting for a while if he wants to fight somebody ahead of him in the rankings. I don't think they'd put him against the beat. And Yair doesn't like to fight people, so uh, he's going to be waiting a long time, in my estimation, uh, to fight somebody ahead of him. I think very easily he could fight somebody below him, you know, like he has his entire career. But, you know, that that's definitely somebody to watch out for, and his striking's real good, hurt Yusuf, uh, and uh, yeah, that, you know, that was a very underrated co-main event that... Uh, you know, hopefully more people know who these two fighters are. Um, we do have some changes in the featherweight division. So we moved Arnold Allen from 11 to 9, so he is now in the top 10. Stevens from 9 to, ten, uh, 9 to 10. Burgos from 10 to 11. Ryan Hall and Bryce Mitchell stay put at 12 and 13. Uh, Edson Barboza goes from 15 to 14. Movsar Evluev goes from being not ranked to 15. And then Sadiq Youssef goes from 14 to not ranked. So he has uh, fallen out of the rankings, which is a little harsh. But, you know, this is a very, very uh, deep division. And, uh, you know, Sadiq Youssef really hasn't beaten anybody uh, of note in the UFC, you know, when it comes to uh, rankings. So, you know, he was a little bit inflated. Obviously, a win over Arnold Allen would have been major. But, you know, he's... He's at number 16, you know what I mean? If we add a 16, he's at 16. All right, moving on to the featured bout on the main card. We had a submission via rear naked choke by Julian Marquez over Sam Alvey. Uh, Very good performance by Marquez. Very good performance. Uh, Essentially a knockout, a knockout and a submission. I mean, he finished him with a rear naked choke, but he he was hurting him bad. Um, you know, I think Marquez is going to be a problem. Uh, this this dude, you know, we saw it in his uh, comeback fight against uh, Maki Patolo. Uh, very, very tough fighter. Uh, 
insanely big. Ins- he might be the biggest middleweight I've ever seen. This dude is fucking insanely big for middleweight. And he's, I thought he was a little shorter. He's six foot two. And he looks, he looks like a cruiserweight. He looks like he weighs like 225 pounds. I have no idea what the fuck this guy does for a weight cut, but it has to be just fucking ridiculous. He is massive, massive. And he has a lot of power. As, as both those fighters, Patolo and uh, Alvi found out, this guy has a lot of power. It's good to see him back and active. Obviously, he had that uh, two-and-a-half-year layoff uh, or, or whatever. Um, you know, I don't know, man. This, guy, this guy's a finisher. Uh, it obviously looks like he's a submission ace, but not really. He just kind of pounds people into being willing to take the, uh, the, the easier way out uh, in the form of a submission. So, you know, a very dangerous fighter. And, um, you know, somebody to watch out for because if you finish fights... Like, that is the easiest way to, to start climbing faster than anybody else. I mean, if you want to just sit there and climb the rankings over a seven-year span, win by decision. Just win by decision. Pull, do, you know, do the old Kamaru Usman route, you know, of, of taking fucking eight years to become champion because you just win. And I'm not shitting on him, but I'm just saying, you know... Uh, if you want to take the slow and steady route to the to the to the top, win by decision. But if you want to fucking if you want to be ranked by the end of 2021 and, and be in the top five by the end of 2022, just fucking finish fights. That's basically all you got to do, and that's what he's doing. So, you know, pretty cool. And his callouts are fucking. I'm not gonna say brilliant, but I I enjoy his callouts. I I, I do. All right, moving on. Uh, Still on the main card here, we had a first-round submission from Mackenzie Dern over Nina Nunez, formerly uh, Nina Ansarov. Um, good performance by Mackenzie Dern. Um, I, there's, there's not really anything notable to talk about in this fight, so I'm just going to start uh, at, at the beginning with uh, the rankings. So the rankings actually worked out perfectly. We just flip-flopped these fighters. So, originally, Nina Nunez was at 7, and Mackenzie Dern was at 11. We just flipped them. Just flipped them. So, Mackenzie Dern is now at 7, and Nina Nunez is at 11. Um, you know, it's kind of what the division needed. You know, Nunez was up there at the top of the division, being extremely inactive due to, obviously, she got pregnant and had a kid, but, you know, just taking up a spot, not doing anything. I don't think she's that good of a fighter anyway, but, you know, just stagnating the division, so it's very good to see new young blood uh, at the top of the division, or, well, I guess at seven, but, you know, in the top ten, always exciting to have young fighters come in there, so um, I think that's what the division needs. Bantamweight needs that a lot more than strawweight, but, you know, whatever. None of these women's divisions are, are too particularly deep where I would turn down you know, young talent uh, in the top 10 in any of them. So, you know, good performance by Dern real quick. Probably could do a quick turnaround because she didn't really, you know, take any damage. Obviously, got to watch the arm bar with Mackenzie Dern. She's won three of her of her last four, or excuse me, two of her last three uh, via arm bar. And, you know, that's definitely her best win to date. And she's obviously got the promotional push. So she probably went away from a title shot because that's just kind of how it works. She's also one of the fakest people I've ever seen, uh, has a completely fake Brazilian accent, which she did not have when she was 19 or 20. Uh, 
go down that go down that rabbit hole. It's worth it. It's worth it. And by rabbit hole, I mean you know just watch a fucking three minute video on YouTube or Reddit or whatever, and, and uh, do a little a little mini deep dive on um, the the history of Mackenzie Dern's accent. It is fucking hilarious. Uh, I would hate to speculate, so I'm not even gonna speculate. But I would love to know the mental state of Mackenzie Dern. The the mental mistake or the men well. <laughs> Maybe a Freudian slip there, but I would love to know the the mental state of someone who uh, fakes an accent twenty four seven. That is just fascinating. That is that is beyond interesting. I want to know. I want to know everything about Mackenzie Dern. You know, a lot of people would probably love to hang out with Mackenzie Dern for other reasons. I would love to hang out with her just to like. I don't know. Just just to get to the bottom of the accent, but in a, in a very in a very uh, passive and um, observational way. Like, I just, I want to know everything about her daily life. That, that, a person like that fascinates me. But, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of the state of MMA. I mean, definitely attracts the, uh, the, the weirdest people possible. All right, we're moving on here to the main card opener where we had a unanimous decision victory for Daniel Rodriguez over Platinum Mike Perry. Uh, very, very easy win for Daniel Rodriguez, which I predicted. Uh, absolutely battered Mike Perry. Uh, you know, D-Rod's for real. D-Rod is for real. Uh, I feel very bad for the guy because I think he got completely fucked over in that fight against Nicholas Dalby. This guy should be undefeated in the UFC, so he should be 5-0. and uh, But I'm ve- I've been very impressed by this guy. Um... Making your debut against Tim Means, that's pretty fucking tough. Choked him out. Beat Gabe Green in, in, in a fight of the night. Uh, either contender or either at one fight of the night. Either way, fight of the night for me. That was a very good fight. Knocks out Dwight Grant. Again, I think he beat Nicholas Dalby. Uh, and then just fucking battered Mike Perry. Mike Perry had no answer for the, for any left-handed shot. Uh, and he, he just... Dude, he just turned his nose into... I don't even know what he turned... Ground beef, I guess? I don't know, man. Mike Perry's nose is a fucking disaster. I mean, he's had his nose just beyond shattered uh, in in multiple fights. Uh, It's time to cut Mike Perry. Uh, Seems like an absolute scumbag of a dude. And uh, he's really not that good at fighting. He's really bad. He's really good at getting punched in the head repeatedly. uh, and, And, you know losing fucking, you know, six of his last eight or whatever. Um, but, you know, when he's when he's not fighting people in bars, he's he's really not that good at fighting. So, I don't know, probably time to, to cut him. But I, I don't think they will because he's a bigger name for someone who's never done anything at any point in his career. But um, obviously a very, very impressive performance by Daniel Rodriguez. And... Um, I don't know. I'd like to see a step up in competition. I would like. I would like to see him fight someone who's ranked. Um, you know, he's 34 or something. Uh, he, he's not a. He's not a young pup. You know what I mean? I think it's. I don't want. Not that it's now or never, but I just think he's ready for someone who's who's in the rankings. I mean, let's see what this guy can really do. And uh, you know, D Rod's any of his left hand or or, or left. Uh, well, really, he's kind of like OSP. Anything on the left side is uh, real dangerous. Got a lot of power, hell of a chin, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what his ceiling is. 
All right, we're moving on here to the prelims. Uh, I think we'll go real quick on the prelims because there really wasn't a whole lot on there, and uh, I can feel my voice giving out a little bit. So uh, we had Joe Selecki winning a unanimous decision over Jim Miller. Uh, Jim Miller broke the record for uh, most UFC appearances. So, you know, props to Jim Miller. He's a tough guy. And, uh, you know, obviously Selecki beating him. You know, that's that's a very good litmus test. I mean, really, you know, we, we say that for a lot of fights, but, uh, you know, that's that's really one thing to, to, to look for. You know, some people pass it, some people don't. Uh, you know, there's, there's definitely a handful of guys in each division who just, you know, they have staying power, but they have staying power at a certain level. And, uh, you know, either you, either you sink or, or you float. You know, like somebody like a Roosevelt Roberts, well, they sank directly to the bottom. But, you know, somebody like Selecki, you know, now he's beaten, uh, you know, three guys in the UFC, two of them, uh, you know, pretty seasoned veterans and Matt Wyman and, and Jim Miller. So, you know, we might have another uh, legitimate prospect from the Contender Series on our hands. Um, moving on, we had a uh, pretty vicious knockout from Matisse uh, Gamrot over Scott Holtzman. Uh, Holtzman, underrated fighter, you know, really, really someone who would have exploded if he had beaten Benil Dariush. You know, he was on that uh, pretty good winning streak, and you know, if if he would have beat Benny, I mean, you know, Scott Holtzman would be somebody we'd be talking about, you know, on the doorstep of the top ten uh, at this point. So, you know, a, a very tough match, and you know, the the fight uh, went uh, Gamrat's way. Obviously, a very very highly touted Polish. Not even really prospect because he's 30 and, you know, he's a world champ over in uh, KSW. But, um, you know, and I knew I know I know a lot of people were really excited about him coming to the UFC. And then he lost that split decision to uh, Guram Kutetaladze. And, uh, you know, that's not how you want to make your debut. Um, you know, definitely not his best performance. Uh, I know Guram thought that he that he, uh, uh, Gamrot won the fight. I'm not too sure about that. I think Guram won the fight. But um, you know that this was this was a good rebound performance. You know, sometimes again I, I say it all the time, but a lot of good fighters you lose their their UFC debut. I mean, it's um, you know it's it's a real thing whether or not it's jitters or or whatever. It's it is an adjustment, and a lot of people don't make it right away. Um, I want to pull up MMA decisions because I'm just curious what other people thought about Gamrot's debut. Um, because I, I don't, I remember rooting for Gamrot, and even I thought that Kutetaladze uh, had had won that fight. Uh, we'll see what the geniuses over at uh, MMA Decisions thought. And uh, yeah, about about eighty percent thought that Kutetaladze won the fight. So really, there there was not really ambiguity to whether or not uh, Gamrot lost that fight. Uh, moving on, we had a a, a very good knockout from. Uh, I'm going to go with Jarjus Danho over Jorgen DeCastro. Uh, that was the guy. I remember looking up the UFC roster and seeing Danho, and I was like, who the fuck? I've been following this this sport pretty fucking closely since 2016, you know, when I first discovered it. I've never fucking heard of this guy. And, uh, yeah, he had like a five-year layoff, a five-year layoff, and he comes back and gets a win, you know, in that fashion. Uh, very, very impressive. Uh, again, I, I never know with lower-level heavyweight, 
fucking fights. I mean, anybody could knock anybody out. Like, oh, Juan Adams is the next big thing, you know, because he gets an impressive win and then he loses, you know, fucking four in a row. And, you know, Justin Taffa gets a, a nice knockout and, you know, then then does nothing. And, you know, DeCastro has a nice knockout and, you know, whatever. I don't I don't really get too involved in, in heavyweight fighting. I mean, a lot of it's just fat guys swinging. Uh, but, uh, you know, a fat guy swung, and he got a really good knockout. So, you know, good for him. Um, only 37, and, you know, in that heavyweight. You know, you could go to your 42, you know, at, the, at, at a high level. So, you know, we'll, we'll see we'll see what he can do. And, you know, hopefully he turns it around uh, rather quickly. Uh, we also had a split decision win for Jack Shore over Hunter Azure. I didn't really watch that fight very closely, but, uh, you know, I don't know. That's a little, that's a little surprising. A lot of people are, are, are very high on Jack Shore. Um, a lot of people think he's the future, which is pretty bold to say in the bantamweight division because it is uh, uh, just beyond stacked. But um, you know, he survives to uh, keep his uh, perfect record another day. Uh, Luis Saldana defeats Jordan Griffin. I don't have anything to say about that one. Um, da Un Jung wins a unanimous decision over William Knight. I watched that fight, not even competitive, not even close. And from what they were saying, uh, Daun Jung is not a wrestler. Certainly looked like a wrestler to me. So that is just, you know, beyond embarrassing for uh, William Knight. He has a lot of holes he has to fill. If if Jung is not a wrestler, and he did that to him, he just took him down at will. He had no... Uh, no answer for the Polish throw or whatever the fuck they call it. That that certain like sweeping takedown. Probably hit, probably hit that takedown on William Knight. I'm gonna say seven times, and just fucking could not stop it at all. Uh, good ground and pound. Um, you know, Knight's an interesting fighter because he is beyond yoked, and uh, you know, in, in his first two appearances, you know, had uh, you know he he had a good. He had a good performance, and it's kind of cr- crazy. I mean, it shows you the levels. I mean, William Knight in that fight against Cody Brundage on the Contender Series was was uh, taking him down and smashing him, and you go, you know, wow, that's, um, you know, that's interesting. I mean, you know, we, we think of this guy as a, uh, a stand-up guy who just knocks people dead and, you know, is a very intimidating guy, but obviously he, he looks very, very limited uh, at light heavyweight. Uh, very short, 5'10", did not really have an answer for the leg kicks. Um, yeah, just not a good performance from William Knight. He he really made Daun Jung look like a fucking world beater. And, uh, I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. 14-2-1, that's a pretty good record. And, you know, definitely had a couple of finishes here in the UFC. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I never really had committed Jung to memory. But, uh, you know, after this performance... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay closer attention. I'll pay, I'll pay closer attention. And then moving on to the prelims, we had a rear naked choke for uh, rear naked choke win for Impa Kasanganai over Sasha Palatnikov. Didn't watch it. Good for him. Uh, first ever fight uh, in the Venom era. In the Venom era. And um, I don't know. I gotta say, I like these. I like these Venom shorts. I don't think they're. I don't think they're home runs. But um, you know, I like them more than the than the Reebok kit, the kits. The Reebok kits just were ugly. I I, I I didn't like them. I didn't like them at all. 
Um, I, th- I think this Venom deal still sucks for the fighters. Not that I'm going to simp for a fighter, because uh, plenty of people do that uh, anyways. But um, I don't know. I never really was a fan of the Reebok kits. Uh, and I, I didn't... I don't really like the texture. I don't really like the texture, because it looks... It looks like there's certain bodily fluids um, on the Reebok kits. I don't I don't like how they just have the white stains on the fucking shorts. I don't, you know... I get it. You don't want it to be one singular color, because then it just looks like you're, like, you know, some lower-level organization, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. The the Venom kits are, they, they, you know, they're fine. They're whatever. I don't know. The 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 thing that the thing that strikes me with the both of these uh, Reebok kits and um, the Venom kits is they're they're gonna be very very dated. Like like you know those uniforms that like they would like uh, the the um, the Vancouver Canucks um, red red, black, gold, and white uniforms, like, the really fucking ugly uniforms, like, we're gonna look back in, like, 20 years at these, at these Venom kits and just go, holy shit, that was so 2021, like, those are so dated, you know, they just look fucking ugly, they don't hold up, uh, you know, we're, like, like, um, the fucking Pittsburgh Pirates fucking uniforms from the 80s, or, you know, the, the Padres Brown baseball uniforms, like, Whatever, man. I, I don't know. The, the, these kits, the, these kits are whatever, man. But you know, interesting to be in the Venom era. It's finally here. I know you all were were waiting and you know with with bated breath and and with eyes wide open at at, at the Venom era. What is that going to mean? And uh, now it's finally here. You know, although you got you got to respect the the um, uh, the rollout of the Reebok kits back in 20 fucking 14 or whenever the fuck they came out, whenever that fucking disaster happened. Uh, cause they, that's hilarious. Like they made that, uh, they made that Irish t-shirt or whatever that didn't, didn't have Northern Ireland or whatever and pissed off Irish people. Uh, what is it? They, they had all those, uh, all those spelling errors or whatever, like, uh, Giblert Melendez or whatever, instead of Gilbert. And, uh, what was it, Anderson Aldo instead of, well, I guess Anderson Silva or Jose Aldo. Uh, so, I don't know, you gotta respect the lack of effort that was put in by Reebok. You know, it seems like Venom, you know, maybe they, maybe they put a little bit more effort into their kits. So, I don't know. Either way, I don't give a fuck, but, you know, good for, good for Venom. Good for Venom. You know, and, and good for the UFC, you know, they could have gone with Nike or Adidas, um, or, or, you know, any major... I'm not going to say reputable, but, like, any major... Or Jordan. Like, can you imagine how cool that would be if, if they had Jordan-branded kits? And they went with fucking Venom. Like, why not go with K-Swiss? Like, why not go, you know, with other brands nobody's ever fucking heard of ever, ever? You know what I mean? Why not Why not go with Gap Kids or f- fucking TJ Maxx kits? Like, uh, we're going with Venom? That's what we're doing? I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. Why not go with Skechers? Although I can't talk shit, because I definitely own a pair of Skechers work boots, and they're fucking definitely worth it if they want to sponsor me. Those are fucking super comfy. They're also super fucking cheap, too, because I'm not going to spend, you know, 400 bucks for Red Wing boots or whatever, but, uh, 
I don't know. I would like to see a Skechers fight kit. I think that'd be interesting. I think you get Joe Montana to to go out there and uh, and uh, you know model them or whoever whoever else they have. Don't they have Kawhi? Isn't Kawhi signed by Skechers or something? Hmm. I don't know. Either way, there's plenty of possibilities. I think I think North Star Sports needs to have a kit, and I think it needs to be sponsored by uh, by somebody. So you know, if anybody wants to sponsor North Star Sports kits. You know, we'll we'll get making them. We'll get making them, and uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think they'll be a lot better than uh, uh, Venom or Reebok kits. So I'm just rambling on at uh, at this point, but uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, very shortly, we'll have the preview for Whitaker and Gastelum. We'll probably do that. I don't know tonight, but you know that's really the beauty of on demand. You can listen to it. You know whenever you want so it doesn't really matter when I do it as long as I do it so I don't know we'll we'll get that done again follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N check out our website northstarsports.media updated main card showdown rankings results uh, updated uh, UFC rankings and all that fun stuff on there so with that thanks for tuning in everybody <laughs>